friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us, and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Friday. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It is Friday, after all. After a nice long week, it's... uh... Uh, you know what? It's it wasn't that long. It just felt that long because you know most <laughs> yeah. most people, most of us had good Friday off and uh, and so you know it's uh, but it's still it just seemed like a long week. Packed packed a whole week into four days is what we did. So well, I, and I had Monday off because we were doing stuff around my daughter's birthday. So I it's you know I, I I'm truly living up to the ephemeralization model of doing more and You're more. You're doing more and more with less and less, right? That's right. Pretty pretty close to everything with nothing. Or or, or it might just average out to doing nothing. I don't know. Um, well, well we have to keep not, an really. eye on that. That's you know an important uh, important distinction. But yeah, we're wrapping up this week. We talked about sexy immortal billionaires on Monday. We talked about why we don't understand why we're living in the golden age on Wednesday and, and tonight we're going to delve into some evidence that shows that we are living in the golden age, and that also shows that we are moving inexorably towards the future of sexy immortal billionaires with superpowers. But before we get into that, I just want to revisit one thing, because I was listening to uh, both Monday and Wednesday shows, and I realized something that we meant to swing back to and we never did is our defense of Ray Kurzweil, okay? right. because he, he came under attack in those comments. And my glib response is actually just about all the response you need. But my glib response was when someone asked, is Kurzweil still a thing? My response was, Google seems to think so. And right. not just Google, but a lot of people seem to seem to think so. And, and, and I think the crux of some of the criticism against Kurzweil, was, uh, one individual would come back and said, well, I just think the transhumanist movement can find a better icon, one who doesn't love pseudoscience <laughs> so much. So there's, there's, there's two lines of attack on Ray Kurzweil. One is that he is wrong all the time. You see that line of attack on Kurzweil, that his predictions don't really come true and he's wrong all the time, which I think is way overstated. And the other one is that um, he embraces far-out ideas. You know, this, this guy comes right, jumps right to pseudoscience. Now, well, here's, here's my can – I, can I just jump in? Um, trans, sure. Transhumanism is a – it's not really science, and I'm not saying that as a criticism. Uh, it's sort of it's sort of the same thing that uh, uh, that Aubrey de Grey's strategic uh, you know uh, strategies for uh, 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 engineered negligible senescence. engineered yeah. negligible senescence okay S N E S his his sins program is just uh, you know that's not science either well engineering uh, programs are not uh, you know they use science to accomplish certain things right it's not. And, and sometimes when you get started with a with a project like we choose to go to the moon, did they have all the science in place and all the technology in place when he when uh, uh, when JFK said that? No, we did not. We 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 set a goal, and 
and then and then and got the technology. When when we lacked the technology, we went and got it to to get to the moon. It was you know this, that's what part of what made it so grand is, you know, it's the ultimate called shot. You know, I mean, like uh, Babe right. Ruth pointing to the you know, left field, uh, and then hitting the home run that direction. It's, it's, you know, we don't even have the science, but yet we, we're that confident in our ability to, to get the technology that we need to get there that we're just calling the shot now. And so is that, and so in some ways I guess you could criticize JFK's speech of we choose to go to the moon as pseudoscience. We don't have the technology to do that. That's, that's crazy, Right. And right. so, uh, you know, and so any grand vision of the future can be criticized that way, including Ray's ideas, transhumanism itself, and, and uh, you know, uh, sins. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, find that, uh, I find that a silly criticism of, of Ray's ideas. You have to have visionaries. You yeah, know, I, I uh, think the future if, needs if, people, if people are talking, if they're talking pseudoscience in relation to the law of accelerating returns and, you know, ultimately the singularity itself, then I, I, I think your response is perfect. In this instance, this was somebody talking from within the transhumanist community and their, and their specific problem, and I've seen this in a few places, was around what he's written about life extension, uh, his uh, live long enough to, uh, to live forever, and also his more recent book on the brain, which did receive quite a bit of criticism. I think the... Uh, what was it? The New York Times review was something like the strange ideas about mind from Ray Kurzweil, or words to that effect. So, so, so if you look at if you look at those areas, right, and you say, well, he just embraces pseudoscience. I think that's ridiculous. I think in the yeah. case of you know his theory of mind, okay, it's different from yours. To say it's pseudoscience is simply to say that every idea that disagrees with me is pseudoscience, right? I mean, just like, right. you know, th there was a time Which, when there were com competing theories in science and we didn't immediately, <laughs> you know, excommunicate someone who had a different idea. It's like, okay, well, maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong about mind. I don't really care because I'm not... Here, here, here's the thing I would, I would hasten to add is that I would imagine some of these, com uh, these commenters, you know, it's quite possible that... Uh, that the, the, these people that were making these comments were every one of them, uh, you know, at the tops of their fields in particular branches of science. But you know what? I, I sort of doubt it. I suspect that these these people that were calling it pseudoscience are not scientists either. And so, well, and 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 that know, and that really drives to the the second one. You know, his books with Terry Grossman about life extension. To call to call that stuff pseudoscience, I, I think Christine Peterson really addressed that very well recently on Facebook. Somebody was talking about how there's no good scientific evidence for for this or that. And the point is, there's a lot going on right now in the quantified self movement and in the kind of you know life hacking movement where people are trying things out. Right. And if people are trying things out maybe the research will eventually back it up and maybe it won't. But to declare it pseudoscience ahead of the game is just wrong. It's like, well, we don't know if it's, you know, we, we, we don't know if it's uh, going to be 100% valid or not. I would say that there's probably a lot more going for things that Ray and Terry are doing together than, you know, just some individual life hacker someplace. But, but the point is, um, it ain't pseudoscience, okay? This, you know, this is this is a different category. That is a major category error to call either of those things pseudoscience. In my yeah, humble there, there's, opinion, you know, and 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 we could almost, you know, we could say that pseudoscience. There's no way to to say that's not a uh, a complete dismissal. 
Okay. So yeah. the, the term pseudoscience is, that's what it is. It's a dismissal out of hand. Okay. Yes. I'm not even going to consider it. So there, when, um, you know, basically uh, Aubrey de Grey's ideas were being uh, reviewed uh, by some committee or something, it was, you know, there was this idea, you know, the, the attack leveled against uh, his strategies for engineered negligible senescence was being, it was under attack. And um, this group went in and took a look at it and said, well, we're not, we're not ready to dismiss this out of hand. And, and I, I, I think Aubrey, when we spoke with him, uh, was a little disappointed with the outcome. But I, th- I completely agreed with what the committee came back and said. It said, yeah. we're, we're, you know, it's true that a lot of the things that he's basing this on, there's not scientific, scientific evidence for yet. He is operating in sort of an anti-chamber of science, is what they said, or something to that effect. Basically, a waiting room of science. He is, he is doing the engineering ahead of you know he's he's it's again it's like a called shot you're yeah. you, you have this idea of where the science is going and you're out there at the borderline you know the borderlands of it trying to push out against that and there's nothing wrong with that but so to some extent is he you know is is he saying things that are not yet proven yeah but that's but uh but also he's he's out there doing cutting edge stuff and so you can't really dismiss it either you don't have yeah, the, not have everything it. that isn't science yet is pseudoscience okay that's right that's just that's crazy you, you may not have the evidence yet to say hey you know let's 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 uh let's call it a let's call it a natural law <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> or you know but uh you can you can you know i mean to me science you know you start with a hypothesis and then you work from there and some and uh so you can't come to conclusions against something like that uh you know, just because it's not proven up yet, and you got to yeah. start somewhere. Got to start. Then somewhere. the other one that he never gets anything right. Here's how that yeah. breaks down. Because I've seen this. Ray comes back and reports on his predictions, and he's very generous with himself. It's true. Okay. You know, I mean, he gives himself the benefit of the doubt, and he'll tell you. I think when he said <laughs> that story, he's yeah. he's right ninety three percent of the time, eighty six percent of the time, whatever. Um, yeah. The critics they read it, and they go in the opposite direction. Right? They give this really yeah. tight legalistic reading of his predictions and they come up with, you know, he's never right or he's right 2% of the time or 3% of the time. Uh, I would split the difference and say that depending on how well disposed you are towards interpreting these kinds of things, he's right somewhere between a quarter of the time and 60% of the time, maybe more, maybe more. But the bottom line is if you're going to criticize him on that basis that he's wrong, you need to be right 25% of the time correct for several decades, okay? If you, yeah. can, if, you can, if you can hit that benchmark, because that's astounding, okay? If you can get that right for, uh, let's call it two decades, 20 years, if you can start making predictions and get it right 25% of the time on things that far out there, then you can criticize Ray Kurzweil. If you haven't done that, shut up. Okay, that's all I have to say. <laughs> well, I would, I, I would break it down a little different. I'd say on the big picture stuff, he's right almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when I'm talking big picture, I'm talking you know, uh, Moore's law is continuing to operate, and we and and we can expect uh, uh, you know, uh, ten years from now, we can expect uh, you know, uh, the world's most powerful computers to be operating at this level, and uh, stuff that you have on your, you know, uh, you know, in your pocket would be at this level. And he's he's right on that. He, you know, he might be off by a few months or so uh, over a decade stretch, which is pretty incredible, right? 
So in big picture things like that, he's, 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 he's uh, almost always so close that you might as well give it to him. But on, uh, you know, on more specific things, you know, you know, and we're all going to be using uh, text-to-speech, and we can, we're going to throw out our keyboards by, uh, you know, uh, you know, some certain date. Yeah, you know, he's he's more likely to be wrong on things like that. And so, um, you know, when it when it comes to the specifics, he he gets them wrong a little a little more often. And and sometimes he'll say, well, you know, uh, I, maybe maybe not everybody's throwing out their keyboards by this date, but uh, um, you know, there's a lot of people that do it, and the, and the uh, technology is certainly advanced. I'm giving that one to myself. So yes, he's he's way generous with himself. But he's generous with himself. But I th- I think uh, it, it does <laughs> it, it does often come down to how you read him. Yeah, it does. I mean, often come don't down we all look in the mirror and see a hero? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's. I'm going to just say that the big picture is the important picture. Yeah. You know that's. A, you know, go back and read. The singularity is near, and you get a big picture of where things are going, and that's the important thing. Not whether, you know, he's exactly right about you know when, you know when the next you know uh, you know when version 13 of of uh, Microsoft Word comes out you know he's well he's off by a month and a half it's, you know throw the whole book away now you know little, specific little details like that don't matter it's the big picture and he's right on track on that stuff so anyway okay. I, bottom line anyway, I'm Ray sorry right? yeah, well, is he still Ray a Kurzweil, thing he's, he's still awesome. a thing <laughs> He's a, he's he's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we've got to do the Sorry. show we were going to do. So, yeah. we, we could it. easily okay. do 45 minutes on why Ray Kurzweil is yeah, he's a so thing. much better than the people criticizing him. I think that's what it really comes down to. <laughs> here, here we go. Uh, proof that we are living in the golden age. Proof that the era of sexy mortal billionaires is a boring Story number one, Goldman Sachs space mining for platinum is more realistic than perceived, in quotes. I just love this story because here we got the money people, the real money people saying, oh, yeah, this asteroid mining thing. Yeah, that can happen. We can do that. This is how this is how ideas go from wackadoodle to kind of out there to, you know, you just accept it because it's 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 going to happen. We've seen this. We've seen the same cycle, and we're farther along in this cycle with self-driving cars. And I think we're on the verge of seeing this happen with uh, space mining. I, I really you know. It, it was, uh, I think it was about 2005, maybe early 2006, you, uh, you published something, uh, you blogged about something, Phil, on the Speculist regarding asteroid mining. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in the in the comments, speaking of uh, uh, comments where, that people criticize ideas, I kind of jumped in and said, well, you know, this is this is a little far fetched, Phil. You know, basically my message to you is, you know, rein it back in, buddy. This is, you know, we don't want to go too far out <laughs> out on a limb here. And here it is, you know, I mean, uh, give it a few years, and all of a sudden it's, you know, this is this is mainstream finance now. I mean, we're we're getting the money together to go do it now. So uh, uh, it's it's rem- you know, exactly you're right. It's uh, uh, it, it's funny how fast these things go from you know too too wacky for Stephen uh, uh, to to write in a blog, which is wacky, okay, which is pretty pretty darn wacky in in 2005 especially, right? Yeah, uh, but um, you yeah, know, back when you were young. Yeah, yeah, young and a whippersnapper. I was I was talking about all kinds of weird stuff, but it's uh, it was a little too wacky for me back then. And uh, now it's now it's mainstream. Uh, at least the idea. And I, I suspect we'll actually be doing this in the, in I don't know five ten years. It's gonna you know we'll be out there doing it. 
I think so. we're going to see major, major steps in this direction. And yep. this, this, kind of, this kind of story really helps. It, it helps propel it along. And it swings it back to this is why you need to be aware that we're living in a golden age. This is why you need to embrace ideas like we're all going to be sexy, immortal billionaires with superpowers because there's opportunity in weird ideas. There, there is, right? Well, you know, I mean, if 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 you yeah, get a, whole, I mean, if, a whack if it's mainstream, it's too late. Yeah, yeah, if it's mainstream, it's too late, right? I and mean, when you, it's and, mainstream, you're going to look to your right and look to your left, and people are doing it, right? And, and and you're and you're not getting in on the ground floor. There, that's not to say every you know every weird idea is a winner. I'm not saying that. No, not no. Every, not every far-fetched <laughs> idea is going to pay off. But you you've got to be including them in your thinking. You've got to be looking ahead and thinking about these things if you want to have an advantage in, in, terms of, in terms of where the world is going because where the world is going is in these weird directions. The, the, yeah. the weird stuff is coming true. So hang on. We got more. <laughs> yeah, the weird becomes mainstream thinking pretty fast now. So Here's a yep. great one because it's small compared to asteroid mining. This is not a big story. Just a very interesting story. Human charger, sun in your pocket. So what we have here is a little device. looks like a... Basically, it looks like an old uh, iPod or something like that. Um, but the earphones are not pumping sound into your ears. They're pumping light into your head. And guess what? It turns out that this actually gives you a productivity boost. It improves your mood. Um, it has the same benefit for you that being expo- having your eyes exposed to light would have. Um, so it, 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 this, this whole... Um, We've talked about how people get seasonal affective disorder and, and the fact that if you don't get enough light, you can become depressed or that people are treated for depression with light. This is a, another way of you know, hitting those same receptors from a different angle and giving yourself this non-drug boost, uh, which can actually apparently help fight against depression. Um, you know, basically give you the same pickup maybe that a cup of coffee might or that uh, some other, uh, you know, di- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stimulant. Mental enhancement. Yeah, yeah a yeah. stimulant or, 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 or some other uh, neural enhancement might do. But it's just this very simple thing of uh, plugging light into your head. What do you think of that, Stephen? Well, invented in Finland. That's an, you know these things are an issue uh, far north and, and also to far south. Uh, there's fewer people in the southern regions, but uh, that where this would be an issue. But uh, it's it's a problem there too. Wherever you you know if you live in a place that has uh, shortened days for a good portion of the year, very short days, then that, it's, it tends to be an issue. It's something they they deal with in Iceland and 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 uh, you know Finland, Norway, Sweden, places like that, uh, Canada. Uh, so, you know, I, it surprises me that uh, uh, white light in the ear canals would do anything, uh, you know, besides give your eardrum a tan, right? But yeah. it's uh, <laughs> who would have guessed? Yeah, <laughs> who, who would guess? But apparent, apparent, you know, I, I would, I would like to, you know, see see the science on this, and not, you know, and and this is, I presume that uh, it's not just marketing. That's they they have some they have some basis for believing this. So, yeah, if, researchers if you follow the, at the link, University go to the of, site. Yeah, at the bottom of the page, they have a link. They have a link yeah. to their research. So yes, yeah. there 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 Alu. is science that mm-hmm. that backs this up yeah, a little, you know. Yeah. But, so That's you know, cool. I guess it's pseudoscience, right? But um. <laughs> and, and, until you've tried it and uh, you know for sure that it it works for you, I guess it's pseudoscience. But uh, anyway. <laughs> but what I like about this is this this just goes to show you the incredible breadth of improvements that 
can occur and are occurring all at the same time. This is yeah, a you know a relatively it's a weird thing. idea that turns out to you know may, maybe and, and another weird idea that turns out to be very useful. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. I mean, yeah. people who suffer from depression, you know, anything that will help is great and. For, and if it's, not, if it's not another pill with side effects and things like that, then that's, that's a good thing too, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, seasonal dis, dis, uh, affective disorder, those are big, bulky, light things usually. Um, they irritate the eyes. There's, there's a lot of downsides to those. This, you just look like you're walking around listening to music, and in fact, you're giving yourself this little boost. And of course, for all the rest of us, I haven't tried this thing. I'm, I'm thinking about getting one, though. Uh, it's that that extra boost. I mean, we we keep looking for how do we get more productive? How do we think better? How do we feel better? Here's another possible way. So that's awesome. Just, yeah, just good stuff all the way around. What do we got next? Doctors 3D printed a replacement for this woman's damaged spine. I feel this is this kind of hits home. Uh, my you know my day job, a personal injury attorney. I, I see people all the time with damaged. Uh, well, often it's a herniated disc or something like this, but occasionally I see somebody's hurt so bad that the vertebra is gone, yep. uh, or it's just, uh, it's just, and and you know, it's just, it's the most awful kind of injury you can imagine. It is completely de- debilitating. Uh, these people are just, of I course, mean, yeah, it's, it's just you can't do anything. And uh, but doctors in India uh, replaced this woman's damaged vertebra with a 3D uh, printed uh, titanium copy during a 10-hour surgery. That is amazing. That is amazing. So you know, obviously you have to be careful, uh, you know, in a surgery like that. That you know, with the the spinal cord and everything, and they were able to go in and and uh, and do that. That to me, that's that is just remarkable. And to give someone that's you know in constant pain has you know has no quality of life, some hope that uh, they can resume some of some of their. Uh, some of the things that they uh, enjoy doing is is uh, that's just remarkable. And I, I um, can't wait for that to be tried here in the United States. It's a big, big deal. And a story like this, as as awesome as this single story is, and it is, it's a wonderful, wonderful story, especially for the patient involved. This is the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg right. of what we're going to be seeing with 3D printers over the next decade or two. Yeah, just uh, printed 3D printed organs. I mean, that's that's where it's yeah. going. Yeah, you know, I mean, the ability to 3D print soft tissues is, is yeah, is, is going to be is going to be the really huge thing. But this is the other side of it. When you can when you can make a vertebrae, when you can make a bone, we we know already that dentistry is going to be revolutionized. Is being revolutionized by by 3D. Well, I already have a 3D printed tooth. There you go. Um, so I mean, it's just it it's it can it you know it, provided that you still have the. Uh, uh, the root. I mean, they can, you know, they can cap it with a 3D printed tooth that you never know is any different from the original tooth, unless right. You know, you're and your the question is, how long before people are saying, well, now I got a 3D printed pituitary, and my yeah, body thinks exactly. it's it's 22 years old now, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's pretty great. Uh, 3D printed uh, kidneys. They 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 uh, demonstrated something like that in a TED talk. Uh, now it wasn't a wasn't a kidney they were ready to put into anybody, but uh, that they they showed the it was sort of a proof of concept. Uh, that, uh, they printed it on stage at a TED talk a while back, so that was I thought that was pretty cool. That's but that's where it's going. That's so. very cool. And uh, we we've talked about the tremendous impact this will have on the current transplant situation. People waiting oh, for yeah. transplants that that turns well, that whole could, idea on its head. If you can but, print it with your uh, with the patient's own stem cells, so that they don't have to take anti-rejection medicine the rest of their lives with a lowered immune system, 
uh, artificially lowered immune system so they don't reject the organ you just gave them, right? Right. So, I mean, you, basically, you're, you're someone who uh, has a, uh, gets an organ now basically spends the rest of their t- life taking these anti-rejection medicines, got this lowered, and so they, they, they tend to get sick easier. It's just, it's a tough way to live. But, I yeah. mean, it's, it, it's, it, but it comes down to that's what they got to do. And, uh, but what if you could give them basically what would amount to their own organ back to them? And the only thing that would, be, would improve upon that is not to have to have the surgery at all. You know, give them, give them the Dr. McCoy uh, pill and let them grow it themselves. In the <laughs> that's right. That, yeah, that's, that's, the the, only, that's the idea. That's the ultimate. Yeah, you grow your own pituitary, and your body just resets to 22. I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> that's what we want. That's where we want my, to go. My heart's bad. Oh, I got a new one growing in its place, and uh, They're right beside it, it will and just it'll... take over. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's, you know, that's the end goal. And that, truly, you're a sexy, immortal billionaire with superpowers at that point. But here's a step in that direction. And finally, love this story. Graphene-based sieve turns seawater into drinking water. This is great. Because, you know, we're always talking about all the potential technological possibilities around graphene. Here's one I had never even thought about. But how about just filtering the salt out of seawater? So basically, you can, you can pump seawater through this thing and you get fresh water. Now, desalinization has improved technologically significantly over the last few years. But this is as straightforward as it gets, right? Right. You put <laughs> you put salt water in one end and you get fresh water out the other end. Um, that suddenly makes all the oceans in the world a source of drinking water, a source of water for crops. And this is it comes down to expense, right? I mean, it's yeah. um, you know uh, even when it was really tough to do uh, desalinization and it's very very expensive. Uh, you know, let's say back in the fifties and sixties. Some yeah. areas of the world were still were doing it anyway, uh, because you know they they lacked the water that they needed, and it was that critical that you know whatever it costs, we're going to pay it. Uh, but some some places they can't afford that, and so you know uh, the limits on the growth of that particular area of the world, you know, you know sub-Saharan Africa and places like that, uh, they don't they have neither the money nor nor do they have the water, right? Right, and. Uh, you know, you get this cheap enough with solutions like this, uh, whole areas of the world, you know, blossom, right, come to life. And, uh, and that's, that's, this is awesome. Golden age it's stuff a, here. It, it's wonderful. It speaks to the billionaire side of the sexy mortal billionaires because this is a real post-scarcity technology. Right. right. This is this is what post scarcity is all about. It's taking that which is rare and difficult and painful to get and making it much cleaning drinking water and it turns turns uh turns the oceans i mean it, you know all of a sudden it's no longer a rare thing you can you know you can have all the water you want uh, yeah at that point. I, I mean and it's crazy that people don't have water in a planet that's two-thirds water so the the post-scarcity of water already exists this just makes it available right this right this, this turns this this gives you water if you need water you can get water and uh, what it can do for the deserts of the world what it can do for the uh, the thirsty of the world is almost hard to calculate, but uh, a fantastic, wonderful story. So there you have it, four big stories summing up why we live in a golden age. And, of course, these are just a few samples. We could do – every week we talk about the, exactly these kinds of developments, and there are more than we can talk about every week. If We would have to do a much longer daily show, I think, to even begin to touch on all of these kinds of stories. But I think – those four give a pretty good feel, don't you? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, start. and we spend, yeah, like you, like you said, we, we spend a good portion of, of our shows every week uh, just, you know, uh, highlighting stuff like this. And this, this is just more of the same. But it's, uh, it's exciting to me that we are able to do this three times a week and, and, and continue to bring stuff up. And, we, and there's so much we have to leave out because we, we lack the time. Right. And uh, it's just it's just indicative of what it is we're we're dealing with here. There's, you know, if uh, if you're ho hum about about the future, you just are, you don't have your eyes open to it yet. It's uh, you gotta you really gotta listen. You gotta listen yeah. to every new show, every show we do. <laughs> That's the right. The new ones and the old ones. That's right. You know, just try it for six months and get one of those you'll lights. You'll, you'll, if you don't you'll, feel better, you know, <laughs> give me a call. That's right. We'll, 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 talk, we'll talk you out of you. Don't. Except for yeah. the amount you spend on the light thing, I'm not paying anybody. Yeah, that, put the light thing in your ears and you'll be fine. Be <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that's your expense, folks. <laughs> Make sure you understand. I'm not paying for that. That's okay, right. other geek time. Other it's geek Friday. time. We're done. We've done our work. Let's have a little fun. Stephen, what do you got for us? What's uh, what's the big other geek story? Okay, our other geek this week. Uh, well, you know, I, it seems like uh, I've, I've spent a lot of my other geek time the last few weeks uh, just bragging on my uh, college-age son who's over at Louisiana Tech. But hey, you know, that's again my prerogative, I guess. I'd be be proud of my be proud of my boy there. I so think Timothy so. Is, yeah, Timothy's over at Louisiana Tech, and uh, they have been working uh, uh, on a project uh, to uh, uh, take uh, balloons in in you know high 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 altitude. We've balloons talked. We've, you have about in that. previous other geeks talked to us about their high altitude ballooning projects and, so. and some of the and some of their failures. I mean, they actually uh, early in the uh, you know early in the spring or you know late winter they were they launched one that uh, literally didn't have the uh, the tracking software wasn't operating or whatever at the time. Right. So anyway, Tim, so Timothy uh, uh, kind of took a lead on that portion of the project. He uh, he became the uh, the main uh, flight control guy. He was involved. He was responsible for uh, you know the uh, the tracking software and, uh, and and making sure everything was operating properly radio wise. Uh, he, he's one of the few guys over there with a ham radio license, and th- so they you know and he he tracked down the right software to follow the ham radio signals that were being sent down, so they could track the balloon and recover it properly and everything. So they had a very successful launch last Saturday. And uh, on in that launch, they what they did was they 3D printed their mascot, which is a bulldog. Okay, Louisiana okay. Tech bulldogs. Okay, they 3D printed their mascot. You know, had a GoPro camera on him and uh, put this mascot up at the edge of space, and so you see the blackness of space, uh, and then. Uh, their mascot, and then the uh, blue curvature of the Earth down below, and so you got a curved Earth, black sky above, and and their mascot, and uh, it's going on the calendar, man. I mean, it's going on their, their you know their student handbook and the promotional materials. They, uh, Louisiana Tech is thrilled, okay, they uh, with with what they, what these uh, these uh, young folks were able to accomplish, and and so I, I'm bragging on my son, but it, I'm going to tell you, so it's very much a team effort. I mean, everybody was involved in this thing, even the. Um, you know, uh, a fine arts uh, portion of Louisiana Tech over there, uh, you know, contributed to the, you know, making the bulldog or whatever. They, they, I mean, it was a, a multi, multi-department, departmental thing, and it, and uh, they really pulled it off, and I got a real win there. So that I, just yeah, all, all the more reason we're going to have, to have uh, Timothy on to just oh, yeah. tell us all his exploits. Oh, yeah. so he, he's he's a guest we've been trying to get for a long time. You know, we thought we had an end. <laughs> Yeah, we actually him, recorded so the show with him, and, and uh, we, we uh, uh, for whatever reason, uh, we lost that show in the 
in the digital ether. So I will mm. have to get him back on sometime. And we we got to we got to get him back on. But in the meantime, until you can until we can sync up our busy schedules, see if you can get a copy of that photo because we will definitely put that up on the uh, World Transformed Facebook page and also at. Uh, uh, worldtransform.com if we can if we can get that picture of the bulldog in space I'd really like to see that awesome all right well you know what that's going to do it for this week we came we saw we proved that we're sexy immortal and uh, you know well on our way to being billionaires it's been a fun <laughs> week Stephen uh, I've enjoyed it I hope you have too absolutely look forward to doing more of the same next week thank you all for being with us we will be back with three brand new shows next week and until next time live to see it 